by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code, with your host, <laughs> Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we're going, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. We are still diving into casting with Diane Young. This week, we're going to cover season six. Just a shout out to how amazing that new Taylor Swift record, Midnight's, is. Some really great tracks. I don't know if you're all listening. What is this? Look at this. Saw that? Look, a little fuzz. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, I think it's great. Um, the Yankees are out, and so are the Padres. I'm sure Mel- Melanie is upset about that, but baseball's super interesting uh, for sure. And I am off to Nova Scotia this week um, where I'm screening a film of mine. And Charles and Larry are doing their normal stuff in, uh, in you know, with politics and all that fun things that are going on. Larry has this awesome book. I want to make sure I ch- shout that out this week. If you head over to LarryMullen.com, you can find his books, but he's got this Pool Guys Kid. Um, and it is really great. I've been following along, along uh, even on Larry's YouTube page now. He's reading chapters of it. So uh, make sure you all head over to LarryMullen.com or follow him on Facebook or Instagram He's twi- or Twitter. He's, he's promoting it all over the place. Um, we're going to definitely do something next week, uh, really diving into it. So um, I'm excited about that. Um, all right. So this is now we're going to dive into season six. Just going to warn you, this one, is, uh, this one is pretty exciting and a lot of new information is going to pop up in this one. Um, and I'm, I just cannot wait to for you guys to all talk about this and we need to do some sort of unwind rewind with the group to talk about what we just heard in the last few weeks and maybe we'll do that uh coming soon anyway uh this is of course the beverly hills now to a no show i am now sending you to a chat from a couple of weeks ago about season six all right so continuing on this is really exciting diane it's so good to have you um shedding some light on some of the casting process of these uh this series um when you look back at 90210 you spent so many years doing that show i mean do you have mostly good memories from doing it i know it's a challenging job it was a very challenging job for a lot of different reasons but overall i do it um there was a time in the last two years there were times when I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And well, we were doing 32 hours a year. You, well, four, yes, but the four straight life. years. We did thir- yes. we did 128 episodes in four years. And it, so that's that was- why what you're feeling is that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because I just 
Because that was double casting. You, you remember how, how crazy it was. Oh, it was. And I, what I remember, I think about it at that time, was that my, I think my department was the only one that didn't bring on extra people. Exactly. And we, Kelly and I were there for like 12 hours a day. And I felt badly for her because she didn't live as close as I did. Mm -hmm. And she had a baby, a young child, and she had to go and get that child after work. And sometimes she didn't get there in time. And it was just always mm. a saga. Mm. It was horrible. But, you know, she just, she's a champ. She's Larry, a let's talk about season helpful. six. Bring, bring me into to season six and talk to me about what you're looking for. Chuck's gone. Wait, Diane, did Chuck leaving... Did that change casting for you at all in any way? Or was it just, you know, we have new people in the room to, to, that are going to be helping me with the making decisions? Well, Larry was already there and I knew him, which was actually a comfort because when I was looking over, you know, the season six questions, I thought, you know, it was really helpful to have Larry there. Um, Paul was, you know, he was a constant too. I mean, it yeah. was a big part of his job oh, absolutely absolutely and you know bring up any names you think that i am not bringing up larry because <laughs> well again jessica you know oh, was there especially yeah, jessica, the first part of that absolutely. season you know she really uh did a lot of the casting responsibilities yeah you know, i mean i would be there when they would be my show that i had written which i you know since i did write yeah. a lot i was there a lot but mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean I talked season... a lot more to jessica i do remember that um mm -hmm. Chuck leaving, it was, you know, definitely the loss of a presence. And it, even though he says that he wasn't good at it or not as interested in it, I, I, he never, I never felt like he, and I'm going to use the word I don't, because I can't think of another word. I didn't, I never felt like he shafted me in any way. Mm -hmm. you know that he would always give me the attention I could always get him on the phone I could always ask him questions he would accept what I would say sometimes if he didn't then he would tell me and it was all acceptable it was nothing you know it was business and we were working and we were trying to get a show done and get it done well and I think that that's what we all did mm. um, season six I mean really the difference was that we bring it we had to bring in some new people we got rid of uh of uh, Jim Eckhouse and Carol Potter, the yes. parents left in that part, and then we we filled up the thing, and then we the big thing was was the casting of uh, the part of Colin Robbins, which was going to be the boyfriend of Kelly Taylor for the whole yeah. season, and uh, I remember Jason Wiles, uh, you know, just standing out and being so happy that we had someone that was so interesting yet kind of also dark because he could play a little bit of the bad boy we needed, and you should talk about Jason who hasn't come on our show yet, says he wants to, but we're I don't know why he hasn't. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, Jason Wiles. Um, I met Jason Wiles. He came in for me and he came in to read for that role. And I thought, oh, he's pretty interesting. And wasn't a name. I also had been given names by um, other people. And I read a whole lot of actors for that role. And one of the, I met Jenny's boyfriend for it, and he was a contender, good actor. Oh, really? Yes. Who, who, who which, uh, do you know what boyfriend that would be? Uh, it must've been Dan. It must've been Dan something mm -hmm. at that point, no. right? No, oh, Peter, Peter, Peter Ciccarelli? Peter, Peter Ciccarelli. Peter yeah. Mm -hmm. And Peter Pacinelli. was in the Pacinelli. finals. 
He was in the finals. Yes, and I, mm, I remember didn't that. Know that. Yes, and I wish Jessica were still around that we could talk about that a little bit. Um, but it was a yes. Huh, gosh, it was a difficult situation, and but it wasn't because there was a typical way to go. And there was a not typical way to go. And we went the not typical way with Jason Miles. You know, I, I, I'm glad we, uh, I think after the experience with uh, casting Tiffany, uh, who was the, at, the, at that point, the girlfriend of, uh, of our friend, Brian Austin Green, and having it blow up in our face. If we had known that Peter, if the producer had known that Peter Feccinelli was Jenny's boyfriend, we definitely wouldn't have cast him. <laughs> because we would, it's just, you don't know if it's gonna break up and then what happens, then you got a problem. Right. Well, so, so this is uh, this is awkward sauce for you because now you've got you've got Jason Wiles, who you guys all probably really love because you did get the part, right? Is um and you can figure out how you want to answer this, but was Jenny or Jenny's camp pushing for Peter? I didn't get the act of pushing, but I definitely felt like that was there, that it would have been maybe at the time a comfort for her. But it, and we sat and we talked a lot about it. And I remember we did talk about it. Well, you know, in the opening scene with them, they're in the Mile High Club. So right away, they're going to be intimate, like <laughs> yeah. in a tight space together. So yeah, yeah. you could see. And, and again, this was the, the Wild West, as you know, Diane, like now they have intimacy coordinators and everything is like negotiated. The kiss is going to be to the left, to the right. Uh, There's going to be this much tongue, you know. And so, but right. then it was pretty much open. You know, the actors just kind of went at each other. Right. Um, so well, it was, so a, it was scary for the girls. <laughs> for you, Diane, though, when you're in a situation like that, that must be very stressful. It, it was, it was very, very stressful because you want, I always wanted to make the series regulars happy. Right. I wanted it to be a really good place to go to work. And especially in the sixth season of a show. Yeah. Because there's so many other dynamics going on at that point that at that point, you know, everything that pretty much could have happened has already happened personally, professionally. And I always wanted the actor, the series regulars to feel like they could say whatever they wanted to me. Sure. And, you know, cause I was totally open to that and some did and some did not, which was fine as well. But also when you have a role like that, it's not just the spelling company. You, first you get me, but what you also get is, I, and I think, I can't remember if Tony was still there. I don't think he was. Yeah, I don't think I, he was. I think uh, he was gone by the 60s. And then um, Pam Shea, who had been right. his assistant, was made head of the casting department at Spelling. So she came in and she brought a different dynamic than Tony had and relationship with me. And so we were going through that. And also Bob Harbin, who was um, Bob Harbin and Wendy Matthews from Fox, Fox Television Casting. He was head of Fox Casting and Wendy was worked right with him. And I knew them very, very well. And we always had good conversations. And I actually had not looked, I had the, you know, the yellow tablets. And yesterday I had a stack of papers folded up and I hadn't looked at them. Well, I opened them yesterday and it was all about Colin. Oh. And on one of the pieces of paper, 
I had, it was a conversation I had with Bob Harvin and Bob and I were very good friends for many, many years. And it was, I was reading it and I thought, this is the testiest conversation I had ever had with him. And <laughs> because it was network versus production company. This is over Peter versus Colin? Um, or or just most, general? Just yeah. casting the role of Colin in general. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to know, are you telling me or are you asking me? Mm. And I was reading this and thinking, I don't remember this at all. It had totally gone out of my head, which is really glad I had it. Yeah. And it was one of those things you just, you know, you try to call back in time and think about, but he and I rarely had disagreements. We always mm. chatted really well, but that it was pretty testy. You know, my, I was a casting director for a TV show on Fox and he was the head of the Fox television network mm. casting department. And here I was saying, no, I'm telling you, mm. this is what we want. So, someone that wasn't uh, so hard to cast probably is our friend, Elisa Donovan, who will come so on and join us here Aww. in a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We had to give you some surprises, Diane. I think that's great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, Larry, you know, and she's going to definitely tell you her story here. Here she oh, is. There she is. Lisa. Lisa. Hi. How are you? Hi, Diane. <laughs> I was so glad to see your name. And I was like, yay. <laughs> I love your backdrop. Support oh. the wine behind you. Love it. <laughs> I am doing this in my friend's wine bar. That's <laughs> great. All Washington wine. So Very cool. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad I'll tell him. Elisa, <laughs> what do you remember about meeting Diane? Okay. I, first of all, I was terrified. Everybody, you know, those situations are just, I, I, I've said this before, it's just like the most unnatural thing ever, right? Having to do the audition process anyway. And the casting directors are like, you guys are the gatekeepers to the whole situation. And if you don't like us or don't respond, like it's, it's over. And the show was such a big show already. I just felt so nervous. And I remember that immediately you smiled and you were looking me in the eye and you were warm and it was like, okay, this person wants me to succeed, you know, and that's kind of more of what you understand as you go along in the, in the business that really you guys just want, you want us to be right. You know, you want us to do well, but it doesn't always feel that way. Um, but with Diana, I very much, um, I felt that way. I felt like I had a, you know, a supporter who was, who was there for me. So it was great. This should be fun to unwrap the mystery of uh, the <laughs> casting, the casting of Valerie. We're going to cover that in depth, but Elisa was someone who read for the role of Valerie. Do you remember that, Diane? I should, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am do. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a lot of years. I'm not so young anymore, <laughs> except by name. I always loved her. I thought she was terrific. Well, she had done Clueless before this. I mean, we had seen yes. her in Clueless. So we, as producers, we we wanted her. You know, yes, she, absolutely. you know, when we called the character Ginger, she was what we had in mind. <laughs> so so the, the, not that the fix was in, because we didn't know if we could get her. So we, we were happy that that all happened. I just wanted to give that oversight to it. Thank you. Yeah. 
<laughs> but your story, and I interviewed you a couple of times now, your story was that you were in potentially the finals of this uh, for Valerie, right, Alicia? Yes, it, this I definitely remember. You know, there are a lot of things that are fuzzy over the years, <laughs> um, but definitely that I distinctly remember because I remember the test in, in Aaron's office at um, Fox. And so it was Val, uh, Valerie, Tiffany, myself, and Meredith Heidi. Salinger, oh, I think, I right? Well, Does, there was Meredith, but I don't, I don't remember. I remember Heidi, uh, she was the daughter of actually Saban. I can't think of her last name, Heidi Bote, or what was her okay. last name? She was in California Dreams. And again, I know what you're looked, talking about. She did come on the show Saturday later Saturday morning shows. Yeah. But she, I mean, that, you it, know, it maybe there were. Maybe there were other people that were tested, but we felt like it was just the three of us. <laughs> but well, that, that sure they, Fox, it was just the yeah. three of you. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was normal. I was so nervous. I remember that just very, I feel like I was just hallucinating. I don't even remember that I was so, so nervous. <laughs> Diane, we just talked about a thing with Jason Wiles, right? Where you guys have this conflict. What is this conflict like with the producers and everybody figuring out? I mean, was it, I mean, and we're going to do a deep dive about the Valerie character with Chuck and all that, but was it a clear choice? Did you guys know that it was going to be Tiffany or, and that, and that everybody else was kind of like, why were they there? Right. I don't know. Like, you know, did you guys know it was going to be Tiffany? <laughs> no. No, no, because now, oh, Sorry, Larry. No, I was going to say, no, I was just answering it too. We, we didn't know. We just, we were letting it happen. But, but the fact that, that Brian and Tiffany, because we were so dumb, were, were boyfriend and girlfriend, like, oh, isn't this cool? Not thinking <laughs> right. that they would break up like two months later, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. We just, they have broken up, I think, by the time I was on the show. That's exactly. Oh, yeah, for you sure. You said it. I wasn't going to say it. I feel like you guys asked me that the last time. And I was like, I'm not going to say who. Yeah, no, they had. No, we yeah. just totally blew that. I mean, because, I'll tell that story later. Yeah. Episode season five casting. Story. But so, so Diane, we, we, we remember Lisa there. We, you know, we just, you know, we, we knew her, but she also played a little bit older. Don't forget. She was yeah. a little bit older. So that also worked against her in the, in the Valerie thing. Cause we, Valerie were trying to keep kind of fresh face from Buffalo and stuff. And, but then we could bring her in later. Sure. In, Cause she'd be ahead, the, Diane, the you're Buffalo say. girl. Right. It's, um, I don't, what I always tried when there was a recurring actor or even series regular, even though it was written a certain way, I never wanted to bring in cookie cutter actors because I, I, that wasn't interesting. Hmm. And I thought, I don't want to bring in, I didn't want to bring in three Tiffany's, three Elisa's, three Meredith's because you know you give people choices because each actor brings something of themselves to the role and which makes it their own and that's when people have the choices it made it I'm not going to say more it made it didn't make it more difficult but it made it more interesting oh well we could go this way with it these are stories that we could have with this person and then with this one and this one so you sit and you talk about it and who's going to be the best for it fox gives their opinions aaron gives his obviously and the the choice gets made but it was not i don't recall it being at Fox, oh yeah, well, you know, you shouldn't have brought these other actors in. It was Tiffany from the beginning because I don't remember it being Tiffany from the beginning. 
Mm -hmm. I just, it, she, she came in, she was an actress and I knew that she and Brian were dating. And that was something I brought up to her agent and said, well, you know, what are we going to do with this? So I, that's got to be talked about beforehand. Mm. Oh, let's hold that for hold that thought for season five. That <laughs> sounds juicy and interesting. Um, <laughs> but okay, so let's talk about the, the 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 character of Ginger, and we've talked a little bit about this. Um, Diane, do you remember seeing her again for that character for that role? No, <laughs> <laughs> I was so memorable. Oh, no, 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 no! I don't watch it in print. <laughs> But here, this is the thing. When I was looking at the notes that they were sending me, and I had been, when they first, when the whole thing just came about, uh, about six weeks ago, I started looking through all of my notes. And here are people that I like and actors I remember. And I remembered you. It's just the specifics. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. well, do you oh, know speak? I'm not sure she auditioned for, for the role of Ginger. I think your memory is, is going for the Valerie one, because I think we just okay. gave you the role of Ginger. Okay. I, I do remember it was a different, I did come in, um, but it was like, I feel like it was on at the stages, maybe. It was a totally different thing with Ginger and it felt very kind well, of- Yeah, that um, would have been Diane's office there and, and Paul's but, office. But there. it wasn't, I remember your office, I sort of remember your office, but I remember it was sort of like in a, almost Where? like a- I don't know. It felt like a behind Costco in Van Nuys. A, a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. but it just felt different and it felt very much like, it was that I did have the part, but you were going through the motions of, I don't remember who was in the room. I think Jason was in the room. Would yeah. that have made sense? Uh, yes. the first yeah, I think yeah. so. She was in the first episode. She's, I don't remember. Yeah. Jessica would have been in the room because she had wrote, her and Steve wrote that first episode. So she would have been uh, the first yes. person in casting from the producer. It did feel like I pretty much had this role unless I really but screwed up. We had up. talked but about it. And also, you never know, I'm just going to ask you, though, <laughs> Larry, she said, you know, she thought you had the role, but you really never know. So talk. Yeah. To, you yeah. never well, know. No. Well, again, it's, it's like Chuck said, you know, all of a sudden you start talking in the room and people go, oh, please don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or I like when they want to change the script. Do you mind if I change a couple of lines? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I made it better. You'll like this better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, I, I, my memory of it is that you know you know we saw lisa's picture and went oh yes oh yes well we this is what we want and you know whatever and so we kind of just shortcutted the thing um that's because we yeah, we're so right <laughs> yeah, I, go ahead. Do, I appreciate diane that you said that um you know you looked for sort of non-cookie cutter people or mm -hmm. tried to get some sort of diversity of spirit in that way because i feel like i those are always the situations where i would benefit because i am very much who i am and uh i don't kind of fit into those typical things and often that's i think actors really you know when they struggle they try to just be like another person that gets yeah. the job you know and it never it just mm. never works it's it doesn't work and um it's really sort of shortchanging who you are as an artist and that means you're not going to get every role but you're going to get the ones that are right for you well, you know it, it, it's authenticity you want to be authentic yes yes, yes yes and why would you hire someone who's just like someone you already right. have right 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 I, could never I mean, it's interesting, Elisa, when you look back on the experience, I'm sure you would have loved to have Valerie, but you're so great right. as Ginger. Like, she is so 
Yeah. I mean, I did, as I said, when you all sent me, they sent me the episodes whenever we did that, the interview like a year ago or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe that. I I felt like she was so bold. And how did I do that? I like I mean, she wakes up like literally in a in with yeah. in the bed in a bed with Brandon right off the I bat. I feel like that like, was my the first scene that I shot, or it was definitely the first day, and it was like trial. Welcome to nine hundred two and zero. Hello. <laughs> you know, it's the old trick when you have a bad bad a bad girl and you want to have some sympathy, you create someone even worse than them. <laughs> right, right. So that, How much she, worse? <laughs> she she was to this the right of Alice. And yeah. we shot at the Hollywood Bowl, and I was just at the Hollywood Bowl a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that was a really cool experience to be there in that kind of environment. You know, to be on that. We were shooting on the in the. Great. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. where you got accused of taking all the jewelry and all the that jewelry, stuff. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a memorable day for you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, a, a, it's just a shit disturber character, you know, just worse than Valerie. That's how yeah. we looked at it. What would Ginger yeah. say about that today? About? About getting caught like that. I'm sure she would have something to do. Oh, well, I mean, she would probably say that it was not her fault or that she didn't actually do it, that everyone had it wrong and. Or she would just say, I mean, I did what I did. That's what I was sort of struck by. She was so unapologetic about all of it. Like just oh, yeah. take up space. For a hot second there, I thought we talked to Ginger. That was that was very cool. Like for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, thank you, Elisa, for your time you. here. Much appreciated. Great to see you, always Great good to see you. Really enjoy following you on social media. You. You're lovely. Oh, yeah. thanks. Bye. Oh, my Bye, God. guys. Bye-bye. Uh, okay, so we're, we're, we're yeah, love her. Well, I was just thinking this, this, this is the season. Of course, we know going into the season, and, and Diane knows that we were going to lose Luke. Luke yes. is going to be leaving us. So I want to jump into some of that. That's really important. That's just you. There's just so many different things that are happening there, particularly with that storyline. You have Rebecca Gayhart, um, Stanley Camel. Well, let's talk about let's let's start talking talking about Rebecca Gayhart specifically, because I believe I had read a note, and I don't know if this is true that Carrie Russell was potentially up for that part as well. Larry, is this is that? Well, is that... no, the story was you know, we. I think Diane must have sent us people who were available, or and and Carrie Russell was our choice, and of course, Mister Spelling, Jessica tells the story where he says, "Nah, no daughter of a rich man would ever have hair like that." <laughs> And, and the, the truth was, he was saving her for another series he had called Malibu Shores. So we got the second, you know, the, our second choice, who, who was a, a great and we love her, was Rebecca Gayhart. And she did not read for the part. We saw her. We knew her from the uh, Noxema thing. We knew she was gorgeous. And I think, Diane, did Luke and her, did Luke campaign for her? Did they have the same management or... Mm. I don't think so. Oh, okay, I'm thinking of the, I'm, th- I'm thinking of Wings How I'm thinking of the Wings Hauser story, which we, yeah. we should have covered it. That's season five, but we'll do that. Yeah. Okay. The let's story. talk about let's so let's talk about Rebecca and ca- casting Tony. Okay. Diane. Yeah. Yes, here I am. I am rap- trying to rapidly change my pages. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> we're not live. Yeah, so we're so, good. So keep talking. <laughs> well, yeah. Which I'm really glad time. about. <laughs> Because in my papers yesterday, the yellow papers, I saw something about Carrie Russell and, oh God, I need to find them again. Well, Larry, I, 
I'll, I'll talk to Larry as you look for your notes, but you know, casting this part is going to be huge. And you have to have the right person because not only is the character really there in, in your in your words to serve the show, because she's only going to be there till what six or seven episodes or whatever it is, but you also are having one of the biggest characters in Beverly Hills 90210 uh leave the show. So there's two things that are happening there that are of significance. Oh yeah, no, it's just uh, we we felt the pressure on that, but we wanted to really uh, please Luke and send Luke out in the best possible way, and we wanted someone that he genuinely would fall in love with because he's trying to kill her father, so it's really got to be a strong bond, an attraction between them, and uh, you know we didn't know much about Rebecca, so I remember the first the first dailies we saw, we went, oh my god, thank God she's fabulous, because. I mean, <laughs> Because she really had very little acting experience. She might have done a little bit of soap work and had done well, the Noxima commercials. Yeah, but that's not acting. We knew her from the Noxima <laughs> commercial. How absolutely stunning she was! And, right. And we had looked some of her uh, at some of her soap stuff, which she had done done some. I don't know which show, soap show she was on. Maybe uh, Bold and the Beautiful. I don't remember now. But uh, no, I mean, we just we just thought she was wonderful, and I'm sure we we ran it by Luke. I'm sure Diane ran it by Luke and we ran it by Luke to make sure he was going to be comfortable with them. We got, you know, he, he was right behind it. So that made everything easy. Did yeah. you find what you were looking for? Um, part, partially, I found about Rebecca Gayhart. I went to New York and met actors, actresses for this role. And I was there, I don't I think I was there for about a week. And I put a ton of actresses on tape and Rebecca was one of them. And so we did have her read what I had and it came back with me to Los Angeles. So, but other than that, um, Fox was a real big fan of Rebecca's and they had her on tape as well, plus an Oxima commercial. And she was a sweetheart. Hazard, she, Kentucky. <laughs> is that where she's from? She, and uh, so were there other people being considered? We've, we're talking oh, yes. about this Carrie, Carrie Russell yes. debacle. <laughs> yeah. Carrie so, Russell was also considered. And I, but I didn't have, when I saw my, the notes yesterday, which I am sorry, but I cannot find. Um, she did, we did do a deal on her for that what? role. Hmm. So well, I'm saying like we really wanted her, you know, and yeah. again, it finally got shot down by by Mr. Spelling because he had another series for her. He had a, he was going to yes. put her in the series Malibu Shores. Yeah, I, I that, no. well, she eventually did Felicity, too, which is not I don't think well, that was that was later on. That was yeah, later on. yeah that was late. Um, so, Larry, what, how would you through Diane, you would have found out about Carrie Russell or no, we had seen her in something. We, we saw her, we saw her acting. She was just adorable. Uh, you know, you know, Rebecca, you know, she was like a clone of Rebecca, frankly, they're yes. very similar. Yeah, she's um, physically a little smaller, but yeah, they could be sisters. Definitely, they could be sisters. And what happens a lot of times with actors is that someone at a network will see her or the agent will start shopping them around him or her and pretty soon they'll do one thing and that becomes the hot person in town and on 90 with 90210 agents would always be calling me saying why don't you meet can you meet this person what do you think and, and let us know what you think um I don't remember if Carrie came in or not I would bet she probably did not 
because everybody was in town was talking about Carrie Russell. I was going to say she was hot. She had some heat yeah, on her was, at that point. She was the hot girl at that time. Yes. And everybody wants her and you do what you can to get her. And you either do or you don't. Larry, yeah. I think you're right. I do think that there was a relationship with her and Luke that they knew each other and were very close because I remember that she told us that when she was on. I thought so. I yeah. thought so. Um, okay, let's talk also about this storyline is Stan Stanley Camel. Tony's father. Yeah. Yes, Rebecca. Do you remember father. do you remember bringing him in and I mean he's so great. He's such a good, good, solid actor, Stanley Camel. That when I see when I would see pictures of good solid actors like that, I would just call the agent and said, as soon as I get a time, you know, I'll call you, but give him we'll get the papers to you. Mm -hmm. you know decides to you and if he'll come in and read for it because he he's so perfect you, you know i want to i want to say mr spelling sometimes you go in the room with him especially for a part like the Stuart carson with david gale and he'd be an actor you know you kind of think he's really a good actor and mr spelling would go yeah his eyes are too far apart he looks evil <laughs> well stanley camel's eyes were a little bit far apart so he had a little bit of a menacing look to him he was not a, a leading man he was a character actor even yeah. though he was a, a good looking guy so he had that going for him. he just he just jumped off the screen you know yeah. he was wonderful he was really good you know we also have had cliff weissman who played bruno i don't know if you remember cliff but he's a, a lovely guy he's a friend of the show yes. and that he was did. a good part for us yeah he, he was good too i like cliff a lot you know, there's there, Hollywood has such good working actors and they don't get to work enough because they might be limited for whatever reason, but not as an actor. You know, it, it could be, you know, you want somebody to look the part right on the minute you see them, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, someone we should talk about for sure of this season is, you know, who is Brandon going to be dating every year? And this season, it's going to be Emma Caulfield uh, Ford, who we just learned, Lara, I don't know if you heard all that news that she has MS and it's very sad and she's dealing with, yeah, she's dealing with some stuff there. I don't know if you saw that on-, on No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, do you remember Emma coming in, Diane? Uh, I, remember, I remember Emma just in general um, because I had brought her in over the seasons trying to figure out where she would fit. And then she came in on season six and she fit. She's right. So let's talk about that. This is an interesting topic in your world where you like an actress and you're pushing for the actor or the actress to get on. Mm -hmm. um, but each time they're just not, it's just not clicking. It's not right. Whatever the answer is. And you keep pushing. So talk to me about why you, why you do that and, and what that's like for you, that process. It's um, when you have a belief in an actor, you know that they're good. And again, it could be, you know, my theory about cookie cutter actors and my not wanting to have cookie cutter actors. And I didn't think that Emma was. And I, I just tried to keep bringing her in to see, you know, wherever she would fit. And I would always say to the actor afterwards, if it didn't work out, I would say, you know, please, you know, let me know if you don't want to come in anymore, because I'll respect that. That's your choice. But if something comes up again, I would love to consider you for that. But it has to be at that point up to them, because I would bring people in multiple times, just because I had such a belief in them. And then I'd have to put them away for a little bit. Sure. 
And so people wouldn't remember that. Oh no, we never wanted them or they did this or they did that happen. And I never thought that an actor should be pigeonholed like that. So I'd put them away and then I'd bring them back again. And probably two of the most famous who turned out to be pretty famous that I did that with were Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon. And Ben came in a couple of times and then he was busy doing other things. And, but he and Matt were writing partners at that time. Mm. And I kept bringing Matt in time after time after time. And finally, I can't remember what season it was, but they said no again. And it was probably the fifth or the sixth time. And I looked and I said, please. And now they, because they had found somebody they liked better for the role. And I talked to Matt later about it. And I said, you know, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, you know, I know I bring you in all the time and we haven't hired you, but how are you, how are you do- feeling about that? And he said, you know what? I'm an actor, just bring me in. Mm. Said, no, I don't no, remember no. this at all. I feel so terrible. So we, we passed on Matt Damon multiple yeah, times. Yeah, did. <laughs> multiple Ooh. times. Do you remember what he was reading, what he was even Ooh. being considered for? Probably he Stuart was Carson. considered for everything. Everything's for, probably <laughs> everything. Stuart Carson. Mm-hmm. I just had such a belief in both of them, actually, that I, you know, I wanted them so desperately to be on the show. And it mm, just didn't boy. happen. And then they got the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Larry, you have no memory of this? No, no. It's, it's all <laughs> news to me. It's all news to me. <laughs> You know what? It's one of those, it's one of those funny stories because they, they just didn't work, but it wasn't like we didn't. You know, well, well, Ben, I can tell you why he didn't get cast because he was too tall. Too tall. You know, you know what? Because again, it was a problem for us, as Diane knows, our, most of our cast was pretty, uh, you know, in the shorter stature. And, it, you know, they didn't particularly like it when we cast, you know, guys who were bigger than them, unless you had yeah. a, a PJ, you know, like, you know, Paul Johansson had a specific going up against Ian. It's a little bit different. Sure. So, so that was it for him. But Matt Damon, there was no excuse for. So I don't know. I guess he just didn't charm us, you know. And Paul, <laughs> I'll, I'll blame it on Paul. <laughs> you blame it on Paul. <laughs> because we had a very fair room, I thought. You know, as Diane knows, you'd sit there and, and you know, after they would go out, you'd after they'd all be them, we'd, we'd discuss it or whatever. And then we'd kind of yes. vote on it. It'd be like a majority thing, basically. Everyone oh, absolutely. had a vote. And, uh, but Paul was, you know, so respected in that, in that thing. It really was his purvey. And usually yeah. it was the, the act, and there'd be a director there and an actor and, and then, I mean, one of the, the writer of the episode and one of the producers maybe. But yes, yeah, so I guess we all passed on, but I'll blame Paul. Um, someone else we should talk about is uh, Cameron Bancroft. Oh, Cameron. friend of Jason's. <laughs> is um, he in that group? Is that? Yeah. I knew Cameron from before. Oh. Um, and that's how I brought him in. I always loved him. I found out later he was a friend of Jason. Yeah, it was Vancouver hockey, hockey connection. Mm. That's, um, I just have always liked him as an actor. And I just knew at some point he'd fit in someplace. I, he wasn't one, he wasn't an actor who I brought in multiple times. But I think I brought him in once before, but I don't quote me on that one. But he just... I like Cameron an awful lot, and he was just such a good fit for Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Just made it work. Yeah, and the do you remember the audition process when we um, had him read play? It wasn't 
we had all wanted him and but it was he and I think Shane Conrad that we put on. Yes, at I remember studio Shane Conrad. Yes. And had them read with Tori. I was going to say they read with Tori. That much yes. I remember. Because it was a, obviously Mr. Spelling really paid attention to this part. Yes. Because uh, this is coming off the replacement of, uh, of Jamie Walters playing Ray Pruitt. And we had to, we yes. had to, you know, cut short his deal in season six. We've discussed that many times. And Jamie's a friend of the show. He's a terrific guy. He's a, he's a fireman. Oh, 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 hold up. But, but I'm curious for Diane when something like that happens, when you find out that the actor, Jamie Walters, is going to be, that's over. Is that, how do you react to someone, something news like this? Is someone that you cast who's doing really well? You know, are you in on all that? I hear about it. Um, I'm not in on the conversations with Mr. Spelling. I get them after the fact. And, you know, I'm people, you know, Larry or Chuck would have called me to say, well, this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And so we need to start thinking about this. And I'd be like, okay, because that was my job. That was the job part of my job. We would have given her a heads up. There's no doubt. Yes, giving but I'm sure up. there's like, and we'll talk about this as we cover these seasons, there's speculative reasons as to why people are no longer on the show, right? So do you get caught up in any of that, Diane? Or are you just like, because you love this actor, right? You you fought, yeah. you championed a Jamie Walters, you championed some, one of these guys or whatnot. I, w I wouldn't get caught up in the day-to-day -day about it, but yes, I would hear about it because having the proximity, physical proximity to Paul Wagner, I would go in and just chat with him on occasion. And I would know that, you know, I think it was during the OJ Simpson trial and he had the trial on every day in his office <laughs> during lunch. So we, you know, we go in and watch, there. do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> you know, you just go in and you watch and you go, oh, that's what's happening now. And, um, but Paul was very, very accessible. And I, Paul and I had worked together when I was a casting director at Warner Brothers Television. Mm -hmm. So I knew he and uh, Betty Reardon for a long, long time and was very happy when he came over to 90210, I guess. And while I was still down, it must have been the, still in the first season. Yeah, I think yes. so. Mm -hmm. Midway through the first season. And so he and I knew that we could talk to each other as well as I could talk to everyone, you know, Chuck and Larry and Richard mm -hmm. and everyone and Jessica and Steve. So... I would, I would hear things. And that was one of the reasons I wanted easy actors to come in. And there were times that a role would go out on breakdown and agents would call me. And if I trusted them and were immensely like someone like Ro Diamond, who yeah. I have known forever and ever, and I trusted her, Harry Gold, I trust, you know, and in addition to a bunch of other um, agents, I would tell them, I would say, this is what's going on. I'm not sure what's going on, but if you can tell me anything, because it's your client, let yeah. me know. Um, but I would never, ever talk specifics out of turn at all. That was within the show and that was a spelling thing, spelling company and Fox thing. But I would never, the gossip about it, I paid no attention to. Mm. I just wouldn't. It's, um, I would see things around the set by being there that I wouldn't understand. Um, and I was there one time when Paul got a call that a, an actress wouldn't be able to come to work that day. 
And I heard the reason why. And I, I looked at him and I said, are you really serious about that? I said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And he said, nope. So we got to change everything and this is how it affects you. Okay. Does this, does this minute, involve no. a parrot? Does this involve a parrot? Uh, no. Okay. No. I, I remember I, that. I'm so curious about this story. <laughs> like, will you say who the actor is? No. I okay. Won't. But is it is it someone that we might suspect or is it yeah. a guest? It's, it's someone that we might suspect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to say what the reason was that the person could not come in? No. Okay, because then it would be too too obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it was one of those things where Paul was just shaking his head, and I would I looked at him and I said, "Really? That was said to you?" And he said, "Uh huh." <laughs> that's insane and we'll be changing up what we're going to shoot that day pretty quickly yes exactly we got to get we have to make these changes now <laughs> right we'd be getting a call and just you know shifting it real quick yeah. so you were talking about cameron bancroft and him i don't know who you were i don't know who you mentioned you said that he was him it was between him and someone else and then tori shane, uh, shane conrad who shane robert Con conrad's son oh amazing yeah he so I, I think we saw him a, a number of times i remember yes him. you did yeah, I tried because he would have good days and he would have off days. Yeah. So I always thought that, well, maybe we'll, we'll get him on a good day. Yeah. See, because I like, he was a very likable kid, likable actor, you know, it just never quite connected. The I way. don't think he ever made it onto nine. Yeah. Or, no, even in all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so does Tori get involved in this at some yeah. point? Talk to me about that. Well, they... What we arranged for, Aaron wanted to, I think it was Aaron and Fox both wanted to see Tori with yeah. the choices on, on film. And so we set it up and both actors, Cameron and Shane came to the studio out on Calvert Street and they read with Tori. They did a scene with Tori and, I, and it, they went through makeup, everything. And Tori was sitting there and I was talking to her through, you know, well, while it was before every, before the scenes would be filmed. And it just. Does, does she give a point? Does she give an opinion? Like, well, I really thought it was great with Cameron. Probably I, to her dad. <laughs> to her dad, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But I, there was a situation that was going on with one of the two actors and I heard about it. And You're talking was, about Cameron and Shane, you mean? Yes, okay. yes. And it was while they were there. And so, and I'm not going to say which one. And I said, okay, well, let me see if I can talk to her and see if it's okay. And I did. And she was great about it. Um, there was something that she- He was going through about. something. He was going through something personal, you're saying? No, 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 no. She thought she was, she thought that something wasn't quite right. And so- there was nobody else there. And I just took the liberty and I said, so I hear that this is bothering you. Um, do you want to talk about it? So she did. And then I said, well, why don't you look at it this way? And she really listened and she was, she was terrific. And she made the changes. She made the changes and made it work. Mm. Is it something off screen or on screen? On screen. Oh, it was an on screen. Oh, no, no, no. It was off. It was off screen but could possibly affect the scene on screen. Got it. It sounds like a kiss, uh, the breakdown of a kiss to me. Um, um, somewhat. A, ki a kiss, what we, what we call it in our podcast, the kissing problem. 
Sometimes there's a kissing problem, which you have to adjust uh, the characters. Or well, possibly a hugging problem. A hugging problem. A hugging problem. A body okay. odor problem. You know, these things you know, happen. It, well, it, but it, you know, I think worked out. her and Cameron got very close through the through the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that there may have been we when we had Cameron on, we love Cameron here, but he indicated that he kind of indicated that there was um, like when he was leaving the show, he felt like he was breaking up with her because they were breaking up, like that there was maybe more to the to the relationship. Did, Did you get that sense? You know what? I did not even know about that. This is news to me. I'll yeah, I mean, that, it was kind of right. You remember that, Larry? He kind of. Well, I mean, we always felt that, you know, there was a good likelihood that whoever was playing opposite Tori, she was going to try to go out with her. She was going to go out with her. They were going to want to go out with her. It just right. happened that way. They were young, attractive people. Of course. And just these things happened. Right. So it was a little bit like a. there was no social dating apps then. So this was like a dating app. <laughs> Come on, nine hundred two and zero, and you might uh, meet you the know, person of your yeah. exactly. It's uh, like in, Bumble in, in, the best, in the best sense of it, you know. Nineties Hollywood Bumble, yeah, right? I mean, just, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, well I mean, yeah. to that yeah. point, though, Diane, like I'm sure there has been couples that you, you mentioned Brooke Brooke Thies earlier, mm-hmm. and you introduced her to her husband. So, in a way, not only are you casting for the show, but also potentially the future relationship. Matchmaking, <laughs> matchmaker. <laughs> and, and potential well, children and everything else, so yeah. You know, I've, I've thought about that a lot because through the years, I, you know, Kirk Cameron, Chelsea Noble, they, they had met very briefly, I guess, on Candace's show, Full House. Right. And, but Chelsea came in and she had a recurring role as his girlfriend on Growing Pain. That's right. That's where all that kind of started. Exactly. Oh, just curious. Um, I mean, this is not a Growing Pains podcast at all, but were you there for the whole debacle with Julie McCullough? Yes, I was. I was. What was was that like for you? Um, It was disappointing because I love Julie. Yeah, and I was gonna say I do too. I, I love her. I've used her a number of times. Was she on number two? Oh, I think she was. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She's on season one, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I had yeah. her. In, I had her in pilots and stuff. I was. God, she's so pilots. stunning, and I loved. I, as a kid, that magazine was, you know, that particular. <laughs> <laughs> but she was in Playboy. I don't know if you know Larry. And this. No, is I was wondering what you're talking about. But yeah. Yeah. No, like, there was. She was in Playboy, and she came on. She got the part of Gro- in Growing Pains, mm-hmm. yeah. and then. Kurt Cameron had an issue with the fact right, that she was right. a playmate. Explicit, yeah. It wasn't that. Well, explicit. that's what happened. Hmm. Yeah. Well, was that a lot? What? Was that was that more challenging than anything that you dealt with on nine hundred two and zero? Because there was such there's like religious beliefs and all this kind of stuff that's going on as well. It it was very different. It was just different, and I understood where Kirk was coming from because of his beliefs. I just don't know that it was handled in the proper way because. Yeah. Julie, I mean, it devastated her, and she was she was terrific. I just loved her. She's a really wonderful actress. She could yeah. do comedy. That's she the thing, you know what I mean. So, comedy. yes, her career was probably blossoming. You know what I mean. Outside of Playboy yes. and all that other stuff, she was about to become a huge television star, and in some way, Kurt Cameron halted that in in, in a way. I guess in a way, but I think that you know she went on 
Sure. I was, I would never not hire her. Sure. Or, I would not, not bring her in because I liked her as a human being and as a, as an actress. And I don't think, you know, people should be yeah. for something because of things that they've done in their past. Definitely in not. In that case, nobody would ever be working. Right. Um, let's talk about these two. This is Randy Spelling gets a part, an actual part, and Travis Wester is his brother. They're Steve's brothers. Do yeah. you remember Randy Spelling? He, I know he, he did some stuff on the show before, but this is really going to be a, a, an actual part. So what, what do you remember about Randy Spelling becoming, on screen, becoming an on-screen character? That he got the part. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wrote the part for him, specifically. Yeah. Specifically for him. Yeah, I think okay. Well, that's uh, I'll you know score some points with the old man. And uh, yeah. do you remember part. Travis? I do. I like Travis. Yes, I do remember him. It's um, I hadn't thought about him in quite a while, and then I saw his name, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember him. He was he was a good kid. He was a, he was an actor. He's yeah, an actor, you know. Um, Paige Moss is someone that comes in later on in the season as the as the um, I don't know. Larry doesn't like stalker. Start, not a stalker she just a single white female <laughs> kind of a stalker i think a lot of people would refer to as a stalker tara uh do you remember Paige? i do i thought she was so interesting interesting really and, a little bit off oh, yes and that's what her picture presented when i got that when i got her headshot and i'm looking at her and i'm talking to her agent i can't remember who the agent was at the time but man, I remembered her a lot and I wanted to see her right away. And I got her in and wow. Yeah, I remember seeing her first time too. I think it was my character. I went, oh yeah, yeah. It's just something you just behind there. You don't know what's going on. Now we've met her today. She's been on the show. She's lovely. She has, she's an art dealer. She has an art gallery. Okay, but in fairness, she's still, she definitely has Tara vibes still. Still a little bit Tara vibes. Uh, and, and that was hard, you know. Again, I love Paige, yeah. Oh. And she didn't have a lot of credits. I mean, we cast her, not no. at all. I mean, very few. And just there was something about her that we just kind of really was, like, dare I say, creepy. Uh, no, well, yeah, I mean, a little, uh, a little bit weird, right? Or a little bit off. off. That's good. And, uh, yeah, no, she yeah. just jumped off the screen for us. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was really happy when you guys liked her because I thought, oh. She's got to get this role because <laughs> <laughs> she's not right for anything else. Oh no, she did. She did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that was that was great. Uh, great to see someone like that when you're when you're. What about getting someone like Steve Young on the show? Is that a is that what is that process? Are you involved in that process too? Um, yes, I was with him. Uh, I wasn't with any of the music people, but I was, and I wasn't with Barry Bonds because he was Tony Shepard's good friend, but. Uh, I'm trying to remember how it came up, but his, so I called his agent's office and I talked to a woman named Stephanie Wanaker and he, and their office was in Newport beach. And so I said, this is what we want to do. Do you think he, you know, let's, let's try it out. Oh, great. Okay. And it worked out. And he was one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, I want to say here, his agent was Lee Steinberg. Yes, Lee Steinberg. Who was someone that Mr. Spelling knew. So we ah, had a little okay. bit of a lead into that. Okay. Yeah, we Larry, we was somebody work. in the office a huge fan or did they know he wanted to act? Like, where did this no, idea I, come from? 
you know, because again, uh, Joe Bradley, the character was a quarterback. We were doing a Thanksgiving sure. show. Tori's got to give him a present uh, and a surprise. So we just thought it would be really cool if we could get a, a great football player. And I just sure. somehow, you know, the Lee Steinberg thing came up, maybe talking to Mr. Spelling. And we said, well, listen, who does he have? And he said, well, Steve Young, maybe. So, and, and again, don't forget that year or no, the year before um, the NFL was coming to Fox. So, you know, we had a little oh, bit nice. more a little bit more entrance to some of the football players because uh, the NFL was on Fox. Mm. And he had won the Super Bowl the year before, right? Boy, I couldn't tell you that. Uh, I don't think so. It was a year before, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe he was relevant. It was relevant. Up. It was relevant. Yeah, it was, but that would have been 90s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was definitely, you know, yeah, it was, he, it was, it was a cool him, thing. Because if you remember, Lee Steinberg is also on the episode. Yes, Because uh, uh, the Donna Martin character is like, ambushes him at a studio driving out she throws herself in front of his car uh, to talk to him and they had already known each other because they mm. like i said he oh, she had okay. met him before so there was a little bit of a uh, inroad there which was good excellent excellent carl t evans as prince carl no no carl no. t evans played uh, the boyfriend jonathan caston i'm sorry jonathan caston that's right well, who who was oh, nick nick was uh, carl nick yeah, Nick, Nick Car- Prince, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, Prince yeah. Carl. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, let's talk about Carl T. Evans first, who was um he played Jonathan Cast and Susan Keats's uh Emma Caulfield's former boyfriend, who was a he's just got under Brandon's skin. He's it was a great foil for uh, for our Brandon Walsh character. He really uh personally I think Jason really particularly disliked him, which helped. <laughs> I mean, I, for no reason other than he used it in his character. Yeah. Sure. Any memories of him or not, not? You know what? I I liked Carl again. He's somebody I think I saw in uh, Growing Pains. Mm. And because I met a lot of actors there that I could have brought over. Sure. But he, you know, I liked Carl and I had read him multiple times myself. And I can't remember if I brought him in a couple of times. Mm. I know 210, but I might have. Sure. I think so. I think you did. Yeah. And and Nick, how do you say his last name, Larry? Curiosis. Curiosis. Yeah. yeah, who was Prince Carl? Yes, he was. I mean, he was a he was a really attractive kid, and very nice when he came in, and it just worked. And it turned out that the cast loved him, mm. and it was great. And didn't I think I remember hearing that they were all trying to get him to be a series regular. I think we, we had some thoughts about that if we were going to mm-hmm. go that way with the character. And even look, if, if I had yeah. stayed on the show for the eighth season, I might have brought him back because we were going to send uh, the Claire uh, Arnold character to Europe and it would be easy to to kind of get them together there and then come back, you know, with mm-hmm. him. Uh, well, we that probably got shot down when, when Kathleen, in season, Kathleen yeah. left in yeah. season seven right so that, that all never came he never got a second chance there but he, again he did a beautiful job for us we've had him on the show he's a lovely guy and uh yeah you know, people like that have just really made the series all these really great working actors that you brought in Michael Dietz Dr. Greg Dr. Greg he was in the Tara storyline Okay. Well, this was a dream of his. I mean, he told us on the on the podcast it was a dream of his to to be on nine hundred two one zero. 
and then he got the opportunity and then a year a year later i think he sold us right larry that yeah he was, he a, was, kid in, he was a kid in pittsburgh uh, he must have come from the uh the, the, the uh what's the call it carnegie he carnegie, must have carnegie yeah and uh you know he just he would watch the show and every week and wonder if, and then he came to hollywood and all of a sudden he was on it <laughs> with with you know with kelly with jenny garth with kelly taylor so um, it happens. I'm curious if that if you saw some of that a, a dream fan super fan sort of of that of 90210 and now they're in the role yes yes that would happen an awful lot but what happened more was that I would have actors would come in to read for me and they would be so nervous because they knew where they were because I was right there on the set and by the set and they couldn't handle it yeah. Mm. And so that was something the that stars I was, would be right there walking by yeah. getting coffee, whatever. Yeah, that would exactly. be intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. when they would read for the producers, the producer's office would just just down the hall from all the dressing rooms. So they'd mm. see them. You know, I, I wanted to mention, uh, we were talking about actors who played uh, two parts. So we had another one in season six. We brought back Gordon Curry. Oh, yes. That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. He had played Bobby in a wheelchair right. in the earlier. But you brought season. him back as as the drug dealer, right? As, yeah. Dan, as Danny V, who became known as Danny Five, even though I wrote him as <laughs> Danny V to to memorialize a friend of mine who had overdosed. Yeah, uh, he became known as Danny Five because it was a they took it as a, a Roman numeral. Right. <laughs> Do you remember Gordon? Me? Yeah. Oh, I love Gordon. Yeah, he's. I he... oh gosh, he was terrific, and I'm trying to. I didn't meet him through Jason. I met him before, but I was trying Friend to remember on what. And it was just, he was a joy, just a joy, always. He, he was professional, he was friendly, great sense of humor, and he was a good actor. Hmm. And happy really good to actor. be there, happy to be there and work. Just, or just to show up and come in and read and, it, and he knew that he could do it. And it wasn't because he knew somebody. That he could right. And, mm -hmm. and that makes a huge difference. Um, let's return back to the beginning of this conversation when we were talking about um, Jason and Peter, Jason Wiles and Peter going up oh. to that same part. Do you, re do, you re yeah, do you recall how it, um, how it all plays out and who ultimately makes that decision? Well, ultimately, after reading my notes from yesterday, that I found yesterday, it was um, the spelling company's choice. And that it was period. You know? I mean, that, that's, how, that's how it would go down when you'd be in yes. his room. He'd have the most weight. I mean, you know, yes. you're not going to go all of a sudden, no, you're not going to say no to him. Right. And that was a conversation that I had. <laughs> that jogged my memory when I, because I had written it, the conversation down. Yeah. And it just hit, are you asking or are you telling? And I said, I'm telling. Mm. And it was- Okay, well, that's gotta be a ripple effect on so many people's lives at that point. Okay. You know what I mean? We're talking about something 30 years ago, whatever it is, 28, so it's, it's long gone. But now I'm sure that there is in the camp, in the, 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 the Jenny Garth's, life that she probably thought this was going to happen they're probably making plans for them to go to the set I'm, I'm just imagining what's going on in their lives so this doesn't happen is there feedback from that camp not to me i didn't get any of it um but i was a little bit removed 
at that point because I, I just moved on to the next, you know, what I had to do next. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. As far as re repercussions, I don't recall any. Or if they were and my name was mentioned, I never heard about it. And, and look, you don't uh, even know. I mean, maybe Jenny was happy that he wasn't. I, I would say, I Pete, because uh, Jessica Klein was good friends with Jenny at that point, too. And she had, you know, she wrote the first episode. She would have been the buffer there. She would have heard any of the blowback or whatever. And, and she Paul, have, too. She I'm would sure, have, right? She would. Yeah, and Paul, who was, the, who was the actor's advocate. Yes. And he was their father confessor. Uh, she, Jessica or, and Paul would have smoothed it over with Je with uh, with Jenny. Uh, to explain why this was done and how it was for the good of the show, and, and it, it had and to a, be, and it might have, and, and again, it might have had some of the uh, the the experience we had where we cast, you know, Tiffany and Brian. So it might have that might have come to play in it. It never reached me though. I don't remember any of this. I, I was going to ask you. So you're, no. for for you, was... no, but Jessica, you know, she that was that was she at that point. She was really involved in the show. So you just knew it as Jason Wiles got cast, Larry. That's well, we I said, yeah, I want this guy. I mean, I it was my choice too. I mean, we all, you know, we looked at the stuff and that was the guy we wanted. So I wanted him. I didn't know that Facinelli had a, a relationship with Jenny, though. Just because like Diane, I didn't really pay attention to the gossip. You know, I, I had been always trained as a writer. Don't talk to the actors. Don't go to the set. <laughs> you know, you'll have a long Diane career. You don't want total, to do that. Diane had the total opposite. She had to talk to the actors. I know. Well, that's her job. <laughs> no, for, for writers, though, because you go to the set and you talk to one actor and then the other actors go, why isn't he talking to me? You know, they start, then they start wondering and then you create a bad thing for the director on the set. So you just, the director, the, the set's for the director. Yes. So, yeah. You know, the, I think the, a bigger question for you, though, Diane, is like, is, is there someone like you're pulling for like are you do you have a choice there like are you saying well jason wiles would be and and I'm, i know we're we, we, we casted it you went with jason so you know you're in your mind was there someone that you thought between the two of them that that jason wiles was the direction to go in or or did you whatever they do they do they're just very he and peter are very different actors really different and i just i thought that Jason would add a different element to it. I think yeah. Peter would have done just fine, but Jason just added something else to it, and, which made, gave it more depth. Yeah. I, I think he understood what it meant to be an artist too, because don't forget the character was yes. an artist, painter, painter yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, and he, he had, he had, he, he, you believed it for, you believed yes. that he'd be that. And person. the cocaine thing and all that stuff, he would be able to to pull all of that stuff. I don't think but... we knew the cocaine thing at that point, but when we passed <laughs> it, we really weren't there yet on that. Yeah. But uh, we just, you know, we just come back from from vacation, just wrote those first episodes, you know. All just, right. Well, you know, this is season six, Larry. Is there... I didn't know any of that. So. Larry, Larry, is there anyone else in season six that you think? I mean, Julie Parrish. Oh, we bring in Julie Parrish in season six? No, season six. Yeah, season six. Yeah, yeah. Julie, Julie Parrish becomes Joan uh, uh, Nat's wife. And, uh, you know, again, she was a friend of mine. So I probably, you know, said, Diane, can we bring her up to, to read yeah. and stuff? Because one thing, you know, as producers on the show or writers on the show, if we had friends or whatever, we would always ask to give them access. Not to give them the part, but give sure. them a chance to get into the room. And that was really you were clearly that's what about Jenny that. was doing. Jenny hey, was doing that. You know, Jenny did that too. We all did that with lots, yeah. of, lots of people. Uh, and sometimes, but then it's up to the actor himself to really, you know, win us over. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I would always, if somebody had an actor that they wanted me to meet, or you know, but Julie Parrish is just like, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and I have great respect for people who've been in the industry for a lot of years and exactly. were working actors. Sure. Uh, I love all these names, and it's just. 
it was happy. It was a happy time for me in that arena. I'd be happy to bring anybody in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, this is great. This has been season six. Diane, thank you. We have a lot more to do with you. So (laughs) I hope this was was a great, a great experience. Really, it's given me chills in a certain way. Just remembering these moments and stuff uh, back with you and. You know, and, and, and now because we get to see the shows because, you know, both Chuck and I hadn't seen this stuff in 20 something, 25 years, 30 years for him. And, and so we were really proud of the work and all the, the our colleagues, we had a chance to bring on the uh, directors and uh, crew people. And uh, mm-hmm. they, it's just everyone feels a great sense of, of pride for what we created and stuff. And the legacy of the show obviously is, is become iconic. I mean, it really uh, is. So that's that's what's fun. We're still talking about it. And, you know, we've done this worldwide now. We've had a Planet 90210. We had all these countries talk about how much it meant to them. We've had America's zip code, which I'm wearing here, which we had 50 states represented, everyone watching it and having a different experience, what it meant to them. And, and it's been really satisfying to, to discover this because, as we've said in the show, Joe, Chuck and I, you know, when we left the show, it was not a good credit. Yeah. I, I would get not hired because it was a spelling show. And when they go, oh, it's too bad it wasn't a good show. Yeah. So, so that kind of it, it hurt my career. Well, <laughs> I, I, I like Chuck, talking about it now for that reason. The day that um, Chuck and I talked, we talked about that because I was affected in that same arena, in that same vein, and it was like, wow. I, I, you know, you don't know that that's going to happen. That's mm-hmm. the perception of it, that it's a shallow, it's just a glitzy show because it's a spelling show. Yes. They don't understand what it really is because they don't take the time to watch it. Exactly. You know, they just kind of paint it with that brush and Hollywood perception kind of rules. And that's what it was. Yeah. Well, it's um, this small town that I live in, in Eastern Washington, and uh, is pretty interesting. And I never really, you know, come out and say, people say, well, you've got to have done something before, but I I tend to not talk about it very much, just in general, because it sounds like, you know, I'm bragging or something. And and I want a low key situation. People close to me knew, but it was interesting because I had, in talking to a friend that I made at work, I fessed up and I said, well, this is what, you know, this is what I used to do. And they were like, oh my God, I love that show. I watch that show all the time. And oh, that's what, what? And so the jackets that we got in second season, the Letterman jackets, I brought in to, the sh- to, to show them. And they had their, they wanted me to take their pictures with it all. Oh, that's great. That is so great. And it was wonderful. And it's like people in their early to mid forties and that's the right age pretty yeah. much, so. Anyway, this is great. Listen, I want to thank you for coming on here, but thank you because I, as a super fan, I'm always inclined to say you casted our show. You brought in so many people that we wound up loving or hating or loving to hate or whatever it is, you know, and so they all had to come through you at some point. So there is just so much gratitude from me and everybody because it did it launched careers, but it launched it it, it helped to give us the thing that we're all still talking about and still love and admire. And it's you're a very big part of that puzzle. So it's uh, many so things. So good to reunite with you again. That's part of the fun of what we, the podcast would be, sort of reuniting with people yeah. again and seeing their faces and hearing and just, you know, there's a lot of love around. Well, that was amazing, wasn't it? So much information and so uh, informative and so interesting to hear about how season six was coming together or the lack of it coming together. Um, anyway, this has been the Beverly Hills 90210 show. We will be back next week. Uh, we will, where we will be covering yet another season of casting 
so thank you. And of course, um, you can always follow us at Beverly Hills 90210 show on Instagrams on all social media and join the Patreon. We have a lot of 90210 stuff. And of course, the um, Beverly Hills 90210 show shop.com for all your merchandise needs. All right, everybody have a good week. See you next week.